When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. And we're into extra time. Hello and welcome to Extra Time. I'm Barry Guy. Super Rugby is set for a revamp, but is the speculation that a couple of teams will be cut be the best option long term? Team New Zealand is about to head off to Bermuda for the America's Cup, with a few secrets still up their sleeve. The Black Caps have a new captain, and A-League Football introduces video replays to help their referees. Super Rugby is set for a shake-up with several teams facing the chop and Sands are not far away from announcing their decision. Speculation and rumour have been rife, but the consensus is that two South African and one Australian team are set to go. There's agreement too that the Super Rugby competition is broken, but just how badly? Rugby reporter Joe Porter spoke to some of the Southern Hemisphere's top rugby minds to find out what the new competition might look like. 21 years Super Rugby and the Hurricanes of age. Despite the odds being stacked against them, New Zealand teams keep on winning. Under the current format, at least one Australian and one South African team are guaranteed home advantage in the playoffs, regardless of where they finish compared to the New Zealand sides. The draw also means South African teams often get an easier run by avoiding Kiwi sides altogether before the finals. On top of that, there's the travel. Despite the problems, former All Blacks and Blues coach Sir Graham Henry is advocating the competition be expanded rather than reduced, but with two divisions and promotion relegation. A top section, if you like, and a second section involves some teams from America, perhaps two, some Pacific Island teams and a team from Canada. The top teams are playing each other and the developing teams are playing each other in automatic promotion relegation so that you are expanding the game. Uh, It also expands the revenue, I would imagine, with television in Canada and in the States. Former All Black Wing and former Blues and Japan coach Sir John Kerwin is also a fan of bigger thinking. Do we try and do something like the Champions League where the Argentinians play, the Japanese play and the top two sides in those competitions then play the top sides down here in New Zealand or in Australia. So for example, you might play a normal competition for six weeks and then break into like a super competition where these guys play in. But I think in the short term they'll they'll cull a couple of football teams and see how that works out. The former Wallaby Peter Fitzsimons believes the competition is in its death throes. The current format is simply not working. I mean, I can't quite follow the whole conferences thing. You know, you've got the Kiwi conference, you've got the Australian conference, South Africa, Argentina, Japan, and it's so fractured, I just can't follow it. Fitzsimons says Australia doesn't have enough talent to field five teams. Up against Kiwi teams, Australians have won, dot three, carry one, subtract two, let me just see, none, zero. Haven't beaten a New Zealand team this year. It's a very hard spectacle to sell. Come and see Australian teams flogged by Kiwis. The Perth-based Western Force seemed the leading Australian contender to be dropped, though Fitzsimons says even the Australian Union don't know who's going. I talked to somebody high up in the ARU the other day and, you know, put it on him and said, tell me, tell me now. 
And the basic answer that came back is it's an upturned pole of spaghetti. You know, nobody's short. Clear as mud then. So what about South Africa? South African rugby journalist Ken Borland says the Port Elizabeth-based Southern Kings demise is a fait accompli and the Cheetahs and Bloemfontein are set to join them. It's a faulty competition. The whole, the whole format is, you know, it lacks integrity. With, and, you know, the fact that some South African teams won't play any New Zealand teams, you know, immediately you've got unlevel playing fields there. So clearly the format is a problem. To solve that, some teams are going to have to be sacrificed. But would a 15-team competition revive the tournament? Fitzsimon says it would give it a fighting chance. If the competition was comatose, and it is, I don't say that doing that will immediately spark it back to life and have it running around the block again, but I do say it'll it'll apply some electric charge to the chest because right now it's dead. Hopefully Sanzar can give it the kiss of life. Joe Porter with that report. And Sonny Bill Williams is set to make his debut for the Blues after being named on the bench for their game against the Highlanders. Williams hasn't played since rupturing his Achilles at the Rio Olympics in August. His last game in 15s was at the 2015 World Cup. Well, he's back and was the centre of attention for the media at Blues training this week. Great to be back, bro. Great to be back. Really excited. It's been a uh, long journey, but a really blessed one. Um, So, you know, I've got to get away from footy for a bit. And, uh, yeah, just really itching to get back out there now. You know, I've been working pretty hard uh, in the gym, out of the gym, just doing, you know, being real diligent in all of those little things that I needed to do um, and also trying to upskill myself from a game understanding point of view as well. So uh, just really looking forward to getting out there and playing with the Blues boys, you know. It's Sonny Bill Williams and this is Extra Time. The new Black Caps captain Tom Latham says the role is one that he's always coveted. Latham, who's 25, will replace the unavailable Kane Williams for the New Zealand cricket side's tri-series in Ireland in May, which leads into the Champions Trophy tournament in Britain in June. Williamson is one of 10 players unavailable for the Ireland tour due to Indian Premier League commitments. Latham, son of former Black Cap Rod Latham, told sports editor Stephen Hewson that coach Mike Hesson approached over the summer about taking on the role. I had a chat to Hess, um, you know, a few weeks ago, saying that uh, there could be some leadership opportunities over there, depending on on the makeup of the side. And um, you know, fortunately enough, I've managed to to, to take that role as captain. So um, you know, certainly uh, a great honour and an opportunity I'm really looking forward to. I suppose there must be a few mixed emotions with it: daunting, exciting, an honour, like you say. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, uh, you know. It's, uh, you know, a role that that I probably wouldn't have wouldn't have thought I'd be doing uh, a few years ago, and uh, you know, to have this opportunity um, so early on is is pretty exciting. But yeah, it's obviously a daunting daunting one as well. But I, I guess the group we've got there and and a few of the senior players, uh, you know, it's going to be important for I, I guess all of us to to work together and um, you know and, and on the on the day. So uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Is it something you've sort of always aspired to? Uh, yeah, growing up, I was uh, you know I was captain of uh, quite a few of the teams I played in, so um, you know it's certainly something that that isn't real foreign to me. But uh, obviously, of late, I haven't done a huge amount of it. Um, it's been more with the um, with Canterbury was the last time I did it. So um, yeah, obviously something that that I've always been keen to do, and uh, you know it's nice to to finally get that opportunity. So so what is it that you particularly enjoy in the role? I guess it's having that, uh, you know, a little bit more responsibility and, uh, you know, I, I suppose being being switched on the whole time in the game and, and, and trying to be that, uh, you know, one step ahead of, 
of, of the opposition and and all that sort of thing. So uh, yeah, obviously it's a very exciting opportunity, and you know can't wait to do it. What about opening the batting, wicket keeping, and captaincy? How how, how does that all work out? Yeah, obviously it's going to be uh, that's going to be a challenge, but um, you know it's something that that I'm that I'm looking forward to. I, I've done that in the past, so so it's not unfamiliar to me. But um, yeah, obviously. All, all three facets there, so uh, I suppose it's trying to trying to find time to you know, to work on everything and um, you know making sure I'm I'm not too bogged down. Do you get a chance to discuss things with with Kane before the the tour? Uh, I'd, I'd imagine I will. I'll you know probably have a have a bit of a chat to him and and see what he wants and and then we can go from there. Quite a different lineup, isn't it? Because you've got uh, so many players out with with the IPL. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I think it is. A, um, I think Ford three debutants there and, and a few guys that are, that have been called back. So um, I guess it's, a, as I said before, a great opportunity for um, New, Ze- New Zealand cricket to, to show their depths. And, and I guess guys you know, have been rewarded for you know, putting up years and years of performances um, at, in domestic cricket. So uh, I think that's certainly exciting for, for New Zealand cricket and for those individuals as well. Tom Latham talking to sports editor Stephen Hewson. And you're listening to Extra Time. The Warriors finally welcomed Kieran Foran onto the field and he helped the Auckland side to just their second win of the NRL season as they came from behind to beat Gold Coast. The much-publicised build-up to Foran's first game was put behind him as he combined with Sean Johnson in the halves in what was an impressive display. Joe Porter joins me uh, now to discuss this. And Joe, can we put that result down to Foran? Well, it certainly seemed to help. They were down 22-12 at half-time or a score there, there or thereabouts and... His calm hand and, I guess, uh, experienced influence really helped them shape their comeback. His direct running to the line and just his uh, general sort of directorship around the field seemed to help Sean Johnson and uh, Roger Tuivasa-Shek express their more natural sort of off-the-cuff kind of game, and it seemed to work. Foran was well below his best in terms of match fitness, so he was he was blowing pretty hard out there. It'll be interesting to see when he does return to his peak just how much of an influence he had on the side because for game one after, what was it, 12 months out of the game, not quite that much, but a long time out of the game after leaving halfway through last season. Mental issues, uh, some injury setbacks at the start of this year, and he's come back and really hit the ground running. So very impressive from Kieran Foran, and maybe, hopefully, he can help the Warriors change their fortunes because they've only had two wins so far out of five games this season and haven't been looking very good. Yeah, I do wonder sometimes with uh, is when a sporting team perhaps uh, changes coaches or managers and all of a sudden there's a bit of a, a renaissance. I wonder if that was the case here. There has been talk, of course, that the Warriors were a bit sort of um, uh, headless in some way. They were Everyone else was looking for someone else to sort of uh, uh, lead the way. And um, whether that was four and I'm not too sure or you know the fact that just that he was there and as you mentioned he was with Sean Johnson in the halves and and I suppose that takes a bit of pressure off Johnson as well if you can share the load uh, make the defense perhaps look at another option you know things open up for you um, it, it's it's all good and well now the thing of course is that uh, Foran isn't signed beyond this year he of course has had those uh, personal issues he left Parramatta uh, last year, and he's having to deal with those. Ironically, they're playing Parramatta this weekend. 
um, you know, what what is the future, I suppose? Because it opens up all sorts of things. You know, Sean Johnson, Kieran Foran, Cooper Cronk is leaving Melbourne. It opens up all sorts of options for the halves. Um, you know, should we be looking um, past the season or perhaps mm-hmm. as far as the Warriors are concerned, let, let's just look to next week? Yeah, well, the Warriors will be desperate to hang on to them because their forward pack has really struggled this year and, and hasn't got much go for it at all. So they need someone like that to be able to, I guess, recoup some of the losses they're making in the middle. However, he's desperate to get back to his family, to his to his partner, to his children in Australia, um, and I guess uh, sort of recreate his life a little bit after what happened last year. So, I mean, we're all pretty certain he'll head back to Australia to be closer to his family, and that's fair enough too. The Warriors only signed him to a one-year deal, so he is under no ob- obligation to stay. It would be a shame, though, for the Warriors because he is a world-class player, and of course it would help retain all their other stars like Sean Johnson, who as you said said himself earlier this week that if they could keep foreign at the Warriors it would go a long way to helping Johnson sign with the club now with Cooper Cronk of course leaving Melbourne also for love heading to Sydney where his partner wife resides uh, leaving a dynasty there in Melbourne really so quite a surprise move but of course that opens the way for Sean Johnson who's a free agent at the end of the year to perhaps head to Melbourne Maybe Foran will go to Melbourne. Of course, he thinks Kieran Foran has been linked with Brisbane. But, yeah, it does open a can of worms. And with, with Johnson off the books, the Warriors will be a little worried. If they manage to keep both of them, I'd be very, very surprised. Uh, yeah, maybe uh, uh, some rugby league stars need to look for love over here. We perhaps could do with a few more of those stars coming over this way because, you know, uh, Stephen Kearney, it looks like, you know, long term, the club is very keen on him and what he's trying to build there. But they, you know, they develop a lot of good young players here in New Zealand. But it does appear that you know you need a few of those experienced stars to to lead the way. So yeah, interesting times for the uh, Warriors coming up. We can only hope that uh, Kieran Foran helps the side win a few more games and they can become contenders because. Uh, this early in the season, you're already looking at the likes of uh, you know North Queensland and um, Melbourne and Brisbane are starting to show some form there. There's plenty of teams there looking for the playoffs, and the and the Warriors need really need to get a few wins under their belts just to uh, just to stay in contention. And we're into extra time. The America's Cup challenger Team New Zealand is on its way to Bermuda hoping to nab the trophy that narrowly got away in San Francisco. A new generation of key sailors and dramatically different new generation catamaran carry the hopes of New Zealand's eighth cup campaign. Team New Zealand has made one visible design change, using pedal power instead of the traditional hand-driven pumps to drive the boat's hydraulic system. The team also alludes to other innovation that it's keeping to itself, as the four other challengers and defender Oracle watch each other's every move. The technical director, Dan Bernasconi, says he's happy where they are compared to what they know of their rivals. We were late on the water with our first test boat, but moved really quickly on from there. And before that boat was launched, um, although we weren't sailing, we put a huge amount of effort into the simulation and design tools. So by the time we got on the water with boat two, our race boat, um, we understood all aspects of the boat really well, and it's gone. It's gone great. Yeah, um, there's always a few teething problems with any yacht, but 
they've been relatively small and uh, all the systems are working great. How complex are they compared to even the San Francisco boats? They're dramatically more complex in the control systems. So in terms of the hydraulics and the electronics, it's uh, really a complete step change up from where we were in San Francisco. Uh, And I think that's the same for all teams. Um, So the accuracy of control of the wing, the dagger boards and the rudders uh, is really dramatically different from where we were three years ago. It obviously seems to be able to get round a course on its foils. Does it still have the ability to to manoeuvre and and do all those other things, or is this now sort of a point-and-squirt exercise? Manoeuvring is a massive part of it. I think the the aim for all teams now above uh, a wind speed which you can foil is to get round the whole course without the hull touching the water. And that means being very accurate through your tacks and jibes. You need really fine control of the uh, choreography of the appendages getting one daggerboard down the other one up and controlling the rake of those appendages and the rudders and the wing all in synchronization to get through a attack or a jibe without the hole touching down but if you can pull that off then it's a massive saving in terms of distance on the course so the race could well be won or lost on straight line speed, but I think it could equally well be lost on who manages to get through the manoeuvres better. Does reliability become more of a worry, or has that improved you know, in step with complexity? Um, reliability is always something we've got to keep working on, and with the complexity of these systems, it's definitely a, a worry, but I think we, we don't want to let that hinder our development. So the, the main focus is on performance, and that will change a little bit towards reliability, towards the end um, as we get very close to racing. What we heard from San Francisco was that the boat went up there with very little development upside left in it. How different might this be? How far into the regatta can you change and modify and do things differently? It seems like quite a different feeling at this stage of the campaign to where we were prior to San Francisco. I think in a way at this point in San Francisco we felt we were very very ready. Um, We had everything completely squared away we were very focused on reliability and we had you know a very strong boat um, but we weren't overloaded with developments uh, I think now it, it feels there's a bit more energy in that we have a massive job list of things we want to do on the boat all improvements um, in one way or another whether it's improvements to how we control the boat or uh, new appendages coming online new dagger boards rudders little tweaks here and there so I'm sure that even by the time um, we get well into the regatta we'll be we'll be making tweaks and I, I think you know by the time we we race our last race we'll still won't have got to everything on the bottom of the job list and that feels really good. Team New Zealand's technical director Dan Berners-Coney talking to our America's Cup reporter Todd Nile, And the first race of the Challenger Series is on May 27th. The Phoenix assistant coach Chris Greenacre says he's all for the video assistance referee system that will be introduced in this weekend's round of the A-League. The A-League will become the first top-level domestic football league in the world to implement the VAR system. The system may be called upon by the referees for such things as decisions on goals, penalties, red cards and mistaken identity. Greenacre says in their trial the system didn't slow the game down at all and he's all for making the game better. 
I think it's for the good of the game and that's all it's about and if we're trying to improve the game at, at any cost and, and, and improve it the best we can then I'm all for all that, that, that stuff even the goal you know the goal line technology and all that stuff for me just bring it in and you know we've been on the end of some key decisions this season that have, have, have cost us valuable points uh, through you know an error of judgment from from you know officials or whoever and um, you know it's really important those vital those vital moments um, are sorted out. As I say, people's jobs are on the line, and you know, valuable points have been lost. You know, we could be probably another three points or four, or five points better off than we are if, if the decision that was correct when we've we've evaluated the the, the decision afterwards um, could have been um, put right, and we would be in a healthier position now. So I'm all for it. So you don't, nothing changes as far as your your way you or your approach no, it's all out of your hands really yeah, absolutely absolutely I mean I'm also all for the, the the referees making decisions that's the beauty of the game it's about opinions and, and decisions and all that kind of stuff but the real key ones that are really really important I think you know need to be looked at I think the evidence has shown that there's not a great deal of time taken out of the game you're not missing a great deal as these decisions are being made um, and I don't think you know it's slowing the game down in any shape or form so as I say I'm all for it when you played Beijing, what did you make of it? Because you got a small taste, I guess. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, as I say, it didn't hinder the game whatsoever. And um, yeah, uh, I don't know whether they agree with the decision that was was made. But as I say, you, you know, I'm all for it for improving the game in, in, in any capacity. And that's the worry, I guess, is if there is a little tussle in the box or whatever, they might bring something back. But you don't yeah. think that'll be an issue. We've, we've been a striker for years, being dragged down by defenders, and it goes unnoticed. So um, I'm all, as I say, I'm all for it. I'm all for um, for for anything that can improve. You know. Goals being scored, you know, you know, penalties. That's the exciting part of the game. These are good, good parts of the game that we're trying to improve. So, yeah, as I say, all for it. The players, their uh, chat to the referee that you know they're not meant to be. No, no, you've uh, you've got to leave it to the officials, and that's how how it should be. You know, if they deem it's it's a a decision that needs to be looked at, then that's great. And I think they've said they might book players who want to, you know, give it the old TV um, shape. So, um, no, it's it's, leave it to the officials. Let them get on with it. They know what they're doing, and um, yeah, and and let's see let's see some uh, good results from it. That's Chris Greenacre from the Phoenix, and that's extra time for this week. You can follow us on Twitter at RNZ Sport. I'm Barry Guy. Bye for now. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details.